Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. So do I think we're going to see rates go down to 2 and 3%, even 4% anytime in the near future? No, I don't. Could I be wrong? 100%. I do not have a crystal ball. Hello, and welcome to Financial's podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And it's just me tonight. I am jumping on to do a quick update and talk about budgeting for traveling. And then a question I got just two times just today um, that I would like to uh, chat with you all about because I think it's super important. I can't believe I got asked this question twice in one day. So I feel like this is probably something you're all hearing as well. But I just got back from a lovely trip and I thought talking about to Lisbon, Portugal, I would highly recommend Portugal. I went there in college. It's changed a lot. Gosh, I was in college a long time ago, unfortunately. So it's been a while, but it was just as lovely as I remembered. And I think one way to really cut back on costs is if you have a good group of friends to travel with, it is so nice to split everything. So there were five of us total. So five of us shared an Airbnb, We, which is great about Portugal. We basically ate tapas style. And so all the checks were divided by five and Ubers. And so it was a really affordable uh, way to travel with all of my girlfriends because we were able to divide by five for everything. So, you know, it's not easy to find a good group to travel with. It took me a long time to find a group of girlfriends where we all travel so well together. This was our first international trip, but we've done multiple trips that were not international previously. And so it definitely helps cut back on the cost. But as does planning in advance, which Natasha, she's busy getting caught up from being out. But you know, one good thing about Natasha is she is just a fabulous planner. And so she planned very far in advance for our trip. And so that way, the prices were more affordable with booking Airbnbs and flights. So as we all know, I love planning, but I will tell you planning for a vacation. I am not as good at planning in advance. And thankfully, I have Natasha for that. And so she was really on top of making sure we locked in good prices for the flight and Airbnbs. And so it made the whole thing way more affordable. I will say the other thing, the nice thing about having an apartment is we went to the grocery store the first, when we first got there. We all had red eyes and we went and got groceries. So we had snack food. We got like wine and cheese and um, vegetables and hummus. We got some wine and some beer and breakfast food. And you're going to die. But we also got some, they have Nespresso machines in, in Portugal. 
And so all of the Airbnbs we stayed in had Nespresso. For the one we stayed in the longest, we actually went and bought some pods ourselves so that, you know, first thing in the morning, like we could grab, you know, an espresso and some fruit. And then, you know, if we were back at the apartment in between another activity or at the end of our night, we could go back and have some wine and cheese and crackers or, you know, depends. Sometimes we finished our night that way. Other times, you know, we took a break uh, back at the apartment and, you know, so we could all shower and change and so we could have some wine and, and some snacks. So that also really helped, I think, a lot to do that. Um, and I've just found lately that hotels are so expensive. So I'm planning my honeymoon and we're going to do hotels for a portion of the trip. And then for the other portion, I'm pretty sure we're going to probably stay at Airbnbs because we'll be able to go to the grocery store and grab some of our own food. Also with traveling for as long as we are, which we'll probably do a whole podcast episode on the honeymoon, but I've decided to be super extra and we are booked for five weeks of traveling. I will have my laptop because I will be working, but at least I'll be working for somewhere else. And um, so we'll be using Airbnbs so that we can do laundry and, you know, have some breakfasts and snacks um, in our Airbnb and just generally the Airbnbs would, from what I've found so far, are going to be cheaper than uh, the hotels. So we'll use some hotels, but we'll also supplement with Airbnbs so that it'll be more affordable. So yeah, so those are just some of the ways I personally save some money with traveling. Tra- traveling is super important to me. And so that is definitely something that I prioritize for myself when it comes to my budgeting. So I can't think of anything more that I like to do with my money than to spend time with people I love and spend time with people I love in a foreign country is even better to experience a new culture and meet new people um, and try great food and wine. And so to me, it's a priority to make sure money every year is allocated towards travel. And then with COVID, I literally have not been able to go anywhere. So this was my first time out of the country since 2019. Other than a family cruise, but I'm not counting a cruise because you're not really experiencing a culture. So I also then want to talk about what came up today. Um, We had already scheduled to talk about, you know, traveling and and how you budget to make that affordable. So those are my tips. But what came up to me today twice outside of other client meetings is this concept of I'm going to wait until interest rates get better in terms of buying a house. And so I'm not sure who started the rhetoric around this. Is it possible interest rates go down? Absolutely. But I don't think uh, what's being talked about enough is that the average interest rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage is over 7%. So the current interest rate is actually lower than the historical average of a 30-year fixed mortgage. And most people are looking at fixed mortgages. If we're talking about a 15-year, it's different. But if we just talk about the traditional 30-year fixed mortgage, and there's been record-keeping on that since 1971, so we are talking over 50 years, the average rate for that is over 7%. So when everyone, and I don't want to target anyone, but when people are being told, well, you'll just refinance when your rate is better. When is the rate going to be better? It literally has never, the lowest rate for a mortgage on the record keeping from 1971 through today 
We've already had it. It had never happened before for a 30-year fixed mortgage. It, I don't think we will see that significant of a decline in mortgage rates, I would guess, for 30 more years. And so if you're looking to buy a house now, I don't think you should wait because I don't see how it's going to come down dramatically. Could it come down a little bit? Absolutely. But generally, you're not going to be refinancing unless there's a 1% change in the mortgage rate because there's a cost associated with refinancing. And so therefore, the rate change needs to be significant enough to offset the cost you're going to pay for a refinance. The other thing is you can always make a principal-only payment. As you know, I love a principal-only payment. And you can effectively reduce your interest rate. That's why the rate change needs to be significant in order to justify a refinance versus just making principal-only payments to effectively reduce your interest rate. So do I think we're going to see rates go down to 2 and 3%, even 4% anytime in the near future? No, I don't. Could I be wrong? 100%. I do not have a crystal ball. But if you are looking at historical data for 30-year fixed mortgages, it has never happened, and I don't think we're going to see it happen in the short term. So maybe I'm wrong, and in 15 years, it goes back down. But if you're looking to buy a house, and this is the part of life you're in where you're ready to purchase a, a property, then I would just accept what the mortgage rate is and be prepared to make principal-only payments. It's the best way to effectively reduce your interest rate. If you don't like all the interest you're going to be paying with a 30-year mortgage, you can look at a 15-year mortgage. 15-year mortgage has been uh, lower. This was not during COVID the first time it went low. I believe it was in 2013. Look at a 15-year. The, the payment's much higher. You need to be prepared always to make that payment. The benefits of a 30-year is you can always prepay it with those principal payments and pay it off faster than 30 years. But if you do a 15-year, you are locked into 15 years. So I always just caution people with that. The 30-year gives you a bit more optionality and you can make the deciding factor that, oh, this month wasn't really good for us. Oh, I lost my job. I'm just going to stick with this payment and I'm not going to be making principal payments. But this concept of the rates are going to go back down to 2%, 3%, or 4%, I just don't think it's realistic given that we, you know, we'll see what the Fed does with raising rates. Up until now, we've been in a rising rate environment, which would lead me to believe that mortgages are going to stay around this rate. And just so you understand, another thing that is newer and is being talked about a lot is that we now have high yield savings accounts and money markets that are paying um, really good rates. And so I haven't seen a high yield savings account pay 5% since 2006. And so the way to think about what the mortgage rate is versus the CD money market and savings rates, they're all going to be fairly comparable. And when I say savings, I mean high yield savings, but a money market right now is annualizing just under 5%. You can get a 12-month CD, which is a certificate of deposit, for also about 5% for 12 months. And then high-yield savings, depending on where you're looking, and balance limitations, I would say, are between like 4 and 5%, depending. I would lean towards most of them are closer to 4 When you are looking at a bank, which were traditionally called savings and loan institutions, they pay you, we'll just say, the savings rate, which is 4%, and then what they do with the money when you deposit it, and it's being in a savings account is then they lend that money to the person who needs the mortgage. And in order for that institution, the savings and loans institution, most commonly referred to as a bank, they need to be able to make the difference. So if they're giving you a mortgage at 6.75% and they're paying you 4% in the high yield savings, they can make the difference. And that is why 
when mortgage rates were so low, they, were, they weren't paying us anything in savings. And so you will notice a bit of a correlation between savings rates, money markets, and CDs, and mortgage rates. And so since we have these higher bank products, uh, money markets are not FDIC insured. Um, they're a cash alternative, but they are investments, so they can lose value, have lost value during the period of when we had very low mortgage rates. They they were doing a better job of keeping it for a dollar for a dollar, but there was a period, gosh, I'd have to check the year. I believe oh, it was at some point in the last 10 years, money markets were actually losing money, which I don't think had happened in a very long time. But money markets are meant to be liquid, to earn money, but be a cash-like alternative, not be particularly volatile. And so you're going to want to, you're going to see if we're having good money market rates and good CD rates and good saving, high yield savings rates, you're going to see a difference between that. And then you're going to normally have a higher mortgage rate. So since we have these really good rates in the bank products, I just don't see how we're going to have mortgage rates that go below those rates. So something to consider. The other thing I keep hearing is once the rates get lower, then you just refinance. So as I said before, you don't just refinance. There needs to be a decent rate change. I would say the rule of thumb is generally at least 1%. Now, additionally from there, there has been talk that maybe the housing market's gonna cool off because there's been such a house buying frenzy since COVID. So the thing to remember is when you're going to buy a house, my preference is at least 20% down so you avoid the additional house insurance, which is called primary mortgage insurance, if you don't put 20% down. The other risk you have is if you're not putting 20% down, right? Let's say you're putting 10% down. So the bank owns 90% and you owe 10%. And that is based on the current value of the house. Well, if the housing market cools and let's say then also mortgage rates go down a bit, you have to make sure that you have enough equity in the house to refinance, right? So if your house value goes down, but you own 10% of a higher value and that value goes down, you might not have enough equity in the house to refinance. This is common. It's called negative equity. It's commonly be, you might know of it more commonly as being underwater. And so that's the one thing to be cautious of when you're buying a house in a particularly hot housing market. I know it's very hot housing market here in the Hudson Valley. I mean, properties are going for all cash over ask like within hours. Um, and I know there are a lot of other areas. Um, I also spend time in Salt Lake City. That is another very popular housing market and very competitive. And so that drives the prices up. So if you're buying a house at the top of the market, which I don't, I'm not a real estate agent, so I have no idea. And you're not putting a lot down on the house, like let's say three to 10%, 15% depends on the value. And then that value declines because there's, you know, the housing market cools off and the mortgage prices, you know, the interest rates go down. You have to have enough equity and ownership of the house to be eligible for refinance. So not to scare everybody, but I just am frustrated with what people are being told, which is just buy the house now, put the 3% down or 5% down. And then when the mortgage prices, when the interest rates are low, you'll just refinance. It's not that easy. You need to have positive equity in your house. There needs to be a rate change of more than 1% for the cost to make sense. And I don't think anyone's talking enough about the historical average 30-year fixed rate, which the lowest it ever hit was during COVID. It had never, ever, ever 
ever, ever, ever hit that rate before since they started record keeping. And the reason they started record keeping is because they standardized the mortgage process. So we can go back and look from like 1930 or let's say 1950 on, but it wasn't the same type of mortgages, the same type of process that we're using now. So if we're doing apples to apples comparison, and I honestly think that going back from 1971 through today is enough data, right? It's over 50 years of data. And so if over 50 years, we've only had those low mortgage rates one time, I just don't see how it's all, all of a sudden it's going to go from 6.75 to two and a half. And that also means if it goes to two and a half, the CDs, the money markets, and the high yield savings are going back to zero or 0 0.1, whatever they were, 0 0.2, because it's whatever the, the bank has to make the difference. They're not going to be handing out mortgages at two and a half percent and then losing money on the bank products. This, as we know, it's not as easy to be in business as a bank because we saw oh, there's a lot of banking issues. So they're most certainly not going to start losing money on their traditional model. So that's my little spiel on home buying, interest rates, refinancing. So when you're out there shopping for home, there's nothing wrong with getting a mortgage. With the current mortgage rates, I would the way I would handle it is I would be prepared to do principal-only payments to get that effective interest rate down to a number that you like, but I would not count on interest rates going down to 2.5% anytime soon. And you know what? I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. I think if you think about it, if you put your money in a, in a CD and you're getting 5% and your mortgage is 6.75, that, that, that's a normal market environment for us. And the last thing I would like to ask you all is for a huge favor I have been nominated as the top personal finance expert for Go Banking Rates, and I am in second place, which is really amazing. But I really would love to beat Grant. I have nothing against Grant. I don't know him personally, but I think it would be really amazing for Go Banking Rates to have a female and also to have a CFP as their personal finance expert. And so I have till the end of the month. You can vote daily. So... Every day would be amazing. You have to wait like 24 hours. So if you vote at noon, you can wait and vote again the next day at noon. But it would be so incredible to see your support. So if you could vote for me, I would appreciate it so much. It would be so incredible to be the number one expert. I made the list last year. This year I'm being a featured expert. And this year I made the, the voting polls. And just so you know, we're ahead of Susie Orman. We're just behind Grant. And so I would be... So thankful if you could vote for me and help me get up to number one. I know that we have plenty of listeners and it would be so wonderful. I think we can do it. I think it would be amazing to have a female uh, win and I would be so honored to be the top personal finance expert for them. And so we will link where you can vote in the show notes. And then any other things that you want to hear me talk about, like please, I check our Instagram messages as well as... Um, the two wonderful women who work on the show with me, Amy and Potter. And so if there's any topics you want me to discuss, let me know. But the, the housing one has just come up, gosh, twice today and not more this week and last week. So I just thought it was so important that we talk about that. And I hope you're also planning some fun trips for the summer. And hopefully my quick tips on how to travel more economically were helpful. And as I said, to follow our most update information or... To send us a suggestion, follow us on Instagram, which is Future Rich Podcast.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.